Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Come on, Uncle Jim, party start. Hear that music? From South Bend, Indiana, that's in America. It's sports yet. This is Jimmy Shorts. Thank you, Studio DNA Podcast Network. And here's your host, Corey Mann, and Indiana Broadcast Hall of Famer, Chuck Freebie. That's good. Now turn it off. And here we go, episode 112 of the Sports Yak. Hi, my name's Corey. To my left is Chuck Freebie. Happy pre-4th of July. Indeed. Celebrate America. As you listen to episode 112, the Dexter Fowler episode. I that, know him. That's how many career home runs he has right now. Oh, okay. Who's he play for now? The Cardinals, unfortunately. Mm. Although, to be honest, he hasn't been very good. No. Of course, the same could be said to the Cubs. More about that in a moment. You tweeted out a couple of hours ago, what is the number one reason the Cubs are struggling? You've chosen hitting below expected, subpar pitching, management overrated talent, injuries, etc. You've got a, quite a few votes. I'm going to go with um, subpar pitching, and that seems to be the current lead. Yes. Yes, it is. And I can't disagree with that. I think, obviously, all of those factors play a role, uh, but I would have to say that the pitching has been very disappointing this year. Uh, last night, Kyle Hendricks coming back from injury was nearing his pitch count anyway when the rain delay came. So Joe Madden decided to go with Dylan Maples after that. He walked a batter and hit, uh, gave up a base hit. So Madden goes to the bullpen and brings in Mike Montgomery. And Mike Montgomery did what Mike Montgomery has been doing lately. Gave up the home run ball. <laughs> Three-run homer, it was 5 nothing. The ball game was basically over at that point. Cubs went on to lose 5-1. They have now lost three in a row. They are now only four games above 500. And yet uh-huh. still only a game out of first. So, uh, you know, the, the question that everybody asks right now is, is it panic time? And I don't think it is. I look at this ball club, and I think it's capable of going on a run. I think one of the questions that has to start to be asked now, as we are in the final year of Joe Madden's contract, is he still the guy for this team? Or have they heard his voice enough that they need somebody new to come in? And if they need somebody new to come in, who is it? Is it Joe Girardi, who's sitting in a broadcast booth right now having manage the Yankees for all these years is somebody else. My uh, friend Corey spells it differently is on a baseball vacation for this holiday run. He was at the Dodgers Diamondbacks game last night, a five straight walk win. <laughs> wow. Yay. That's an uninspiring way to win a ball game. Yeah. He said the food was great though. Oh, Dodger dogs are terrific. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually what he had. He had a couple other things that were slightly spicy. Uh, you did that, didn't you? Didn't you and Diane go on a baseball? We went on two baseball trips uh, before we got married. One was a driving trip, Chicago, St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Then uh, the second year we went on a flying trip, Chicago, Kansas City, 
San Francisco, Los Angeles, both Anaheim and the Dodgers, San Diego. That's awesome. Oh, it was tons then, of fun. Uh, was it last year you did a Cubs and Milwaukee game in the On same, the same day? day? Yeah. Same day. That's the first time I'd ever pulled off that stunt. Would you do it again? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How far from Wrigley to uh, Brewersville? Less than two hours. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's very doable. Uh, White Sox. Were rained out last night, but you know what? They're sitting just three below five hundred. And when you talk to White Sox fans, they're excited about the future for their team right now. I, I think they're playing better than what people expected them to do this year. 500, as we've talked about on this show, is now a reasonable goal for Ricky Renteria's team. Uh, they've got some young stars who are emerging. Lucas Giolito is having an all-star year and, in fact, made the all-star team. James McCann has been a pleasant surprise behind the plate. You've got a stalwart first baseman in Jose Abreu. You've got some up-and-comers in Yohan Mankata and Aloy Jimenez. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun team to watch in the future. Do you think ball clubs go, all right, it is serious go time after the All-Star break? Or do they think it earlier? Well, they have some decisions to make by July 31st because that's the trading deadline. So you have to decide whether you're a contender or a pretender. Uh, and in the White Sox case, with you building a team right now, I think you're less apt to make a bunch of deals either way. You're certainly not going to peddle away talent. Uh, quite frankly, they don't they don't have any veterans that are playing in such a way that you'd be able to pedal them away. And you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to go out and find another piece to build with for the White Sox. For the Cubs, they have some questions to ask. David Haw wrote a column the other day in the Chicago Tribune touting the desire to trade Kyle Schwarber, Addison Russell, or both. And we talked about that on the last show. The question is, what kind of value could you get for them? Because as I look at the Cubs right now, what I think they need, number one, is more starting pitching. And number two, they need a leadoff man. They need somebody who can be a catalyst in that offense. But where are you going to play them? You're going to play them in center field. You're going to play them in left field. You're going to play them at second base. Those are the openings. And then who are you going to go get? Because you got to give up something of value to get something of value, typically. So we'll see what kind of moves that Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer in the front office decide to make here in the near future. Did I see your mom comment on the soccer game last night somewhere? Yes, she commented on my uh, on the Forty Six Sports Facebook page. That's I believe, where it was. I'm, tr- I'm trying that to find she it thought it was I- a great game, and you know what? Mom's right. It was a great game. Yeah. Two won the final. Alex Morgan gets the go-ahead goal in the first half. And then a listen there with an incredible save on a penalty kick. I don't know. I mean, have you ever played soccer at all before? Not at all. Okay. I played a little bit when I was in elementary. And then when we were in high school, uh, we took an. Ex- I was part of an exchange program that went over to England for a couple of weeks. Okay. And so we're there playing playing soccer with a bunch of people from England. Of course, 
we were a bunch of American kids. Most of us had not played the sport all that much because this is early 1980s. And, of course, the English kids had. And for whatever reason, they put me in goal that day. And the thought of having to stop a penalty kick, I mean, you're basically guessing. You're guessing which way is this person going to go with the kick, and then you still have to be quick enough to get there. And that's exactly what Nair did on this penalty kick. She kind of committed to her right. That's where the kick went. She stayed low to the ground and was able to smother it before it crossed the goal line. And an amazing save to protect the American 2-1 win over England. So now Team USA moves on to the finals where they will play either Sweden or the Netherlands. Interesting piece today in the Washington Post that I saw a friend put up by Sally Jenkins, who is a noted writer, um, highly feminist, and, and she points out that the wonder of this U.S. women's team is the level of excellence that they are able to attain and the pressure that they live under to perform because of the high expectations on them, despite the fact that they make one-thirteenth of the amount that the men's World Cup team does. There are some valid criticisms on the female side of a lack of pay equity in sports, and this would be one of them, because I guarantee you, you can probably, and, and not just because we've seen them play over the last two weeks, let go forward a year. You can probably name just as many women's soccer players as you can men. The team is just as popular, if not more so, than the men's team, has certainly outperformed the men's team over the course of history, and yet they make one-thirteenth of what the men do. What are the men doing right now? Um, they're just preparing because their World Cup is three years away. Oh, three years. Yeah. Okay. Or two years away. Tell me about this Brad Bass character. Brad Bass, former pitcher at the University of Notre Dame, drafted by the Tigers. He currently plays for the West Michigan Whitecaps, which is the Tigers' single-A farm club. This is his second year in a row of being with them, which yeah, always leads to consternation because if you're not moving up in the minor leagues at the proper rate, they eventually say, okay, thanks for playing uh, lovely parting gifts. Brad wasn't particularly sharp last night. He gave up 10 hits in his five innings of work. But he was able to make enough big pitches and get some strikeouts when he needed them. Kept the South Bend Cub bats at bay, and West Michigan won last night by the count of 5-3. to three. Baskets credited with the win. Same two teams tonight at the corner of South and Taylor. Expect a big crowd on hand at Four Winds Field. Hopefully the weather won't be a factor because there will be post-game fireworks. I saw that uh, one of the current players got called up to the Pelicans. Uh, yeah. Desmond? Um, not sure. Didn't, didn't quite see that one, Okay. but the Myrtle beach Pelicans are the high a version of the South Bend Cubs. It was funny last night during the rain delay. I, the South Bend Cubs played the same game that the Chicago Cubs played during the rain delay, which is ask the cups. You can, you can go on Twitter and ask them various questions. Oh, okay. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to respond to your question, but they they respond. And somebody asked them, other than the South Bend Cubs Twitter account, what are your, what is your favorite account 
to follow within the Cubs system? The, the answer was twofold. Favorite at Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Most annoying at Eugene Emerald. So shots were fired, which is always nice to see. That's uh, part of the reason I go on Twitter to see shots fired. Delvin Zinn got called up. Okay, Delvin, Delvin Zinn, Zinn, and he'd been playing well. That's yeah. why he got called up. Uh, we talked in great detail about the NBA yesterday, but you do have some news there. Jared Dudley signs a one-year deal with the L.A. Lakers. Jared Dudley is not the kind of player that you're going to build your team around by any means. If I were going to compare him to a player, Corey, that most people around here would know, he is a Lance Stevenson type. Okay. I don't know if you remember when Lance Stevenson was with the Pacers and he'd blow in the ear of LeBron James and he'd try to do things to annoy the other team. That's exactly what Jared Dudley's role was during the NBA playoffs. And so uh, Dudley will go to the Lakers and he'll kind of be a a bit of a goon, an enforcer, uh, somebody to help try to keep the heat off LeBron, AD, and perhaps Kawhi Leonard. He is still the big fish in the free agent pond. We've heard all kinds of reports. Yeah, he's going to go to the Lakers. He's going to go to the Lakers. Well, he hasn't gone there yet. So we'll see. Drake apparently is making his own personal push to keep Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. Well, hopefully Dudley will do right by Los Angeles. There you go. That was for you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Wimbledon. Wimbledon, the fortnight of tennis is underway. Uh, we talked the other day about Coco Goff, the 15-year-old. She's back in action today. Uh, she beat Venus Williams in round one. It was round up the usual suspects yesterday at Wimbledon. No real big upsets. Roger Federer wins, although it did take him four sets. Rafael Nadal gets the win. Grass court's not always his forte. So he'll probably get to at least the quarterfinals. We'll see if he gets past that. And then I defy you to tell me, well, you've got it there on your script, but if you didn't have your script, I defy you to tell me who the number one seeded player on the women's side is. No idea. Her name is Ashley Barty. I believe she's from Australia. And honestly, I mean, until the Australian Open, which I believe she won, I'd never heard of her before. Well, I hadn't heard Coco Goff either. No. So it seems like women's tennis is is a, embarking on this changeover, a changing of the guard, of the new talent coming in. You know, Venus and Serena can't play forever. And beyond that... Time marches on. Beyond that, there aren't a lot of big-name stars on the women's side. Nobody, at least, that makes me turn the dial. Now, on the men's side, they're going to go through the same thing here in a couple of years because Federer and Nadal can't play forever, and there have got to be some guys that come up on the men's side as well. Uh, I want to steal a question from our friend to the north, Phil McDonald. I like Phil. Uh, if you had a chance to have dinner with one sports figure, athlete, coach, or commentator, who would it be? Oh, wow. Well, for me, it'd be Vin Scully. Vin Scully. Uh, uh, that, I knew that answer, but give me an athlete. As far as an athlete, who to have one athlete to have dinner with? Well, I, I think Tebow would be a fascinating person to sit 
and have dinner with. Um, who else to have dinner with? Um, you know, I would want somebody with maybe some complexity. I mean, ideally, back in the day, Ali. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that can't happen anymore. I think Barkley. I think Barkley would, Charles Barkley would be somebody a ton of fun to have dinner with. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of current athletes playing, I think LeBron's a, a complex figure. I think he would be somebody compelling to to chat with. I don't always agree with him, but I think he's done a lot of good things. Right. I put down Michael Jordan. Sure. Uh, although he's kind of hard to understand when I hear him in interviews. Got a little bit of a sloppy talk. Actually, any of those bulls back then, just to hear, maybe get a little insight before that big 10-part documentary comes out next yeah. year. And I also put Coach Buttermaker of the original Bad News Bears because <laughs> I, too, would like to hear about the time he struck out Ted Williams. There's mine. There you go. <laughs> well, for the maniacs out there, we'd love to hear yours. Let's see if we got any uh, talk back on... Um, on the wedding songs? The wedding songs. Are you coming down from that high? or Have you, have you kind of reestablished to normal yet? That's funny you asked that. My friend Grant, who had one of his sons get married six months ago, uh, he reached out to me. Do I have that in front of me here? I do. Okay, a few days in, how does it feel having a kid married? He says, I'm six months in, still strange. I keep wanting her to call me, but she hasn't called yet. Mm-hmm. But she's on her honeymoon. She's on they're, her honeymoon. She shouldn't a call time. you right now. He says, my son calls me more now. I think his wife makes him. He didn't for a bit, but now it's every weekend for sure and sometimes during the week and not just text like when he was single. And I said, do they live nearby? Because my daughter will be 90 minutes away. And he said, two hours away. They'll get in a groove with calling. They will. Yeah. They will. Peter calls pretty much once a week, sometimes twice. She calls too, but she calls mom. Well, that uh, I don't get as many conversations and texts as mom does. And see, Peter calls me. He doesn't call mom as much. And do you, do you hear about she, that? Well, she she basically texted both of us today. Said, "I'd love to hear from you." Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Peter, I know you listened to the act many times. If you didn't see the text this morning, call your mother and let me know if he responds to that right there. What that feels like. Out of curiosity. Does he feel guilty about it? Does he do the best he can? I think she's just, she's caught up in her life, you know? And sure. My thing is, I want to be very in the moment when she comes to visit to make sure it's a worthy visit and it doesn't become a relationship like I have with my parents, to be completely honest. Like, I want her to look forward to coming home. Right. Having you know, some fun, have a good dinner, not like looking at the clock going, God, can I get back on the road and get home? That's that's my number one. I don't want to call it a fear, but my challenge to myself. Okay. That makes sense. Fair enough. Her brother misses her very much. Oh, I'm sure. He had a meltdown Sunday night because, I told you this, he, he didn't get to say goodbye. Right. But he also went back to the hotel room because he was wore out. So that's one of those things where it's like you either 
hunker down and stay the night and you know until she leaves or you, you know i'll see you next time well and that adjustment is coming for tj here in about a month or so because siblings are home for the summertime he's been active he's got his life and he'll be active and have his life after they leave but there won't be anybody else at home mm-hmm. once they leave other than diane and myself and Apparently, sometimes we're just not exciting enough. Back to the original question, the <laughs> song that gets you on the dance floor. Uh, Yak listener Jason wrote ABC by the Jackson 5. Okay, good song. Good song. Uh, what did, uh, did what did Melanie say? Oh, old-time rock and roll. Yeah, which you can't stand because you don't like Seeger, which is your problem, not America's. No. Ryan writes, I'm counting on you guys to give a full recap of the July 4th hot dog eating contest. Also, if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? <laughs> Howdy. It's a simple question. It, it Even a child could answer it. <laughs> oh, Ryan. I know I would. I'm gonna give I'd him smother a myself in mustard. <laughs> Boy. What else? You going to watch the uh, hot dog eating contest? Uh, ESPN has it every oh, year. They, they do cover from that? Nathan, from Nathan's in Coney Island. Oh, Kobayashi. <laughs> I think you should be the correspondent this year. I think you should watch that and report and back. report fully. back. <laughs> they do a girl's version of that, right? They do now, yes. Yes. Nothing but it's like, not the same. Nothing like watching ladies eat hot dogs fast. Hey. Um, do we want to do your exclusive interview? Sure, why not? Um, we promised it to people on online. Yeah, I want to deliver the goods, so why don't you set this up? Well, over the weekend, Garrick Dieter from the Kansas City Chiefs, former South Bend, Washington star, came back to the area to host a clinic for about 400 kids at School Field in South Bend. Uh, he asked me to emcee the event which I was more than happy to do, but said, in doing so, I want to be able to get a one-on-one with you. And we did that. And so I talked to Garrick Dieter on Friday evening at his parents' place about the clinic, about life in the NFL, about playing for Nick Saban, and a variety of other things. Well, first of all, let's talk about what what is happening this weekend and what you're trying to get done with kids yeah uh it's my second annual football camp uh ages 8 through 17 so uh last year we had about 200 kids this year we got um 400 kids sold out so uh, i'm looking forward to it it's going to be a great event it was fun last year um i mean it's it's mainly because i mean there's not too many things like that that come around South Bend that some of the athletes uh, either don't come back or just don't have those camps. So uh, for me, it was just an opportunity to come back, give the kids kind of something to look forward to, uh, learn a lot from either former players around the area in high school that were great or uh, college or NFL guys or a lot of great coaches around the area. So um, I basically invited the whole um, whole city out to all the coaches to come out, help out, uh, share their knowledge and uh just an opportunity for me to give back to the kids. What do you hope the kids walk away from that with? Uh, just learn a couple things, you know, if it's football related, not football related, uh, just 
I want them to be as open as possible. Um, I'm as easy as it gets to talk to um, on the field, especially. Um, so for me, it's just get out there, learn something. If you don't learn anything, at least talk to me, get to know me, uh, start a relationship because um, at the end of the day, a lot of business and um, even football-wise, it's, it's all about relationships. So for me, get out there, get to know each other, and um, yeah, just have fun, honestly. Did you have anything like that to go to when you were a kid? Not a, the closest thing I think um, I went to that I remember was uh, St. Joe High School's football camp when I was sure. uh, ten, 10 maybe, yeah. maybe even younger than that. But we, I think we did that for a couple of years and, and that was a lot of fun. So uh, I just remember those high school guys looking up to them. Um, I have no clue any of their names anymore, but I still remember um, the games that we played on that field and, and the drills that we did. So uh, just an impact like that, I hope that uh, my camp provides that. You know, to go from here to the NFL, let's face it, not many people mm -hmm. have done it, if any, lately. What was it that put you over the top? Uh, I would say <clears throat> mainly my work ethic and uh, just ability, or yeah, my ability and my ability to want to be great and want to make the NFL. Um, it was a dream of mine ever since I was a little kid. Um, and you can almost ask anybody around here, I was doing something almost every single day, uh, especially once I got the high school football related to, to pro me to, to get to where I am today. And, and I'm not even where I want to be exactly in the NFL. You know, I just, I didn't want to just make the NFL. I wanted to, to make an impact on the team and, and I'm hoping to, to do that in years to come. But um, I just think hard work is what really what got me over the top. Kind of had to take a circuitous route to get there mm -hmm. too. Three different colleges, including playing for Nick Saban, mm -hmm. How did you keep the faith through all those transitions? Uh, I think it was just kind of making sure I still love the game of football. Um, when I went to SMU, I don't, I don't know if it was just because it was far away or whatever, but I kind of lost that love, and I knew at that at that moment that I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be there. Got to get closer to home, uh, a program that feels more like a family to me, and that was Bowling Green at the time, and had a couple good seasons and. Uh, Kind of opened up the recruiting process over again once my coach went to Syracuse and uh, from then on it was it was go to coach Saban and and hopefully learn as much as possible which I did and got to go against uh, the top defenders in the country every single day in practice and it was a challenge and I think it got me uh, I think that seam to the NFL was a little a little easier because of that. Here's a question I'm sure nobody ever asked you what's it like to play for Nick Saban? Uh, it's pretty awesome I mean he I, I think the best thing about him is that he gets everybody to buy into his program. Um, he gets all those five-star kids, and you would think that they come in with a, with a, um, you know, just a different mentality. Um, maybe selfish, but you know, once he gets, once all those kids get there, he he sets a program in stone, and and every single kid that stays there for three or four years buys into that program. And um, I think it's a humbling experience when you go there, just because of the talent around you. You're you're coming in with four or five star guys that are there for three years and they're they're bigger stronger faster than you've ever been in your life and um, it's just something that you have to look up to and and step your game up because if you don't um, you're not gonna be playing much and, and that's a, probably one of the most frustrating things is when you know you have the talent but you're not playing and then you've had to persevere so much mm -hmm. during your time in the NFL mm -hmm. and and staying on the practice squad yeah. for a couple of years when you finally got to play on the field mm -hmm. in an NFL game, what was it like? 
Uh, it was awesome. Uh, it was it was in Oakland, uh, so a big rival for the Chiefs. Um, just going running down on kickoff, blocking on kickoff return, getting a couple plays of offense. I mean, it was a it was a dream come true. But once I mean, once you get in, inside those lines, you soak it in for a second, and, and you just focus up on what you need to do because you don't want to go up there and, and mess up something that and make sure make the coaches not trust you anymore. I think that's one of the the biggest keys in the NFL is having those coaches trust you. And um, I think especially now. Uh, I can do any part of our offense uh, 100% confident, and um, that's a pretty good feeling for me. Your position right now in Kansas City, mm-hmm. how do you see it? Because it, it seems like the Chiefs drafted about three or four receivers, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean that they're counting you out by any means. Yeah, no, they uh, they drafted one receiver, uh, brought in, uh, I believe, six or seven rookie free agents, okay. which is typically what they do every single year. Um, but for me, it's just go out there, uh, know, my, know my role, know what I'm doing out there. Um, and like I said, just get the coaches to trust you, do the right thing, uh, make the plays when they come to you, and, and the rest is in their hands. That's, as a player, all you can do is, is do the right thing, uh, make the plays, and, and just go out there, give good effort. And at the end of the day, I think that's what they, that's what they like. You talked earlier about relationships. Mm-hmm. How did you strike up this relationship with Pat Mahomes? Because it would seem like you two guys came from kind of different worlds. Yeah, uh, I, it was kind of weird. Um, we got in. He once he got drafted. Once I decided I was going to go there as a free agent, um, he DM'd me on Twitter just saying welcome to the team, whatever. And um, once we got there, we we honestly didn't talk that much. And then we started. I think I rode with him a couple times. He was kind of one of the only guys with the car, so. I uh, rode with him a couple times, and once we did that, we just, I mean, we started talking, and we had a lot in common. We, we love sports, love talking about sports, love watching sports, and uh, we're both some of the most competitive guys that I know and that he knows. So um, I just think that competitive nature in both of us, the uh, mentality to want to be great every single day, to, to work hard. He, he has a great work ethic, and, um, you know, just, we just have a lot in common off the field. Did you see last year coming for him on the field? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, you being on practice squad, he was our quarterback when Alex was a starter. So, um, I mean, it was a lot of fun going against our defense with Pat back there because uh, he did a lot of things that a lot of quarterbacks can't do. And, um, not, I mean, obviously nobody saw it because it was in practice, but um, everybody on that team, I think, could vouch for him that he would have that type of season. Um, maybe not as early as he did, but um, they knew that he had great potential and, and obviously it showed last year. Now, you say your goal is to make an impact on your team. How, how would you measure that? How would you measure whether you succeeded in that or not? Uh, just any way to get out on the field and play um, and, and do something good, either if it's starting on all special teams and, and being a kind of high point guy for special teams, getting on offense, uh, doing the right thing, making the plays um, when I get the chance. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be the number one, number two receiver, but if I get in there as a three or a four receiver, then just get out there, do the right thing, be open when I need to be open. Um, and yeah, just honestly, just do the right thing every time I'm in the in the game, no mental mistakes, and uh, just just play the game and give good effort. You stay so positive. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? I mean, I think a lot of football is it's, it's probably 75% mental. Um, a lot of guys have a lot more talent than me, but for me it was getting in the playbook, learning every single thing I could learn, um, and just being confident, I think. That's what a lot of people struggle with, just because you're overthinking things. You're 
you make a bad play, you get down on yourself. But for me, I know that there's going to be another opportunity, hopefully, to, to make another play or um, not to make another mental mistake. But um, I just think having confidence, being um, prepared to, to do your job is, is probably the biggest key. Favorite soft bend memory? Uh, I'd probably say probably going to the state championship. Um, Obviously, for South and Washington, that was, the, I believe, first time in over 30 years that we went. Um, obviously, the turnout for that wasn't what we wanted it to be, but um, just making it that far with the team that we had, I mean, we I felt like we only played maybe 20 guys, and on our whole team, we might have had 45 guys when Indianapolis Cathedral had about 120 on their sideline. And, I mean, it showed at the show with the, the final score, but uh, for me, it was just – uh, that whole senior season was a lot of fun for me, uh, making plays, doing well as a team, and kind of putting South Bend on the map for uh, football and just showing what type of uh, athletes we have. Do you stay in contact with those guys much? Uh, honestly, no. I, I The only people that um, I've probably talked to in the past couple of years would be my teammates that went to Bowling Green with me, Terrence Bush and Alfonso Mack. Um, other than that, I haven't really – been in contact. I'm going to have Coach Jay and hopefully Coach Jarvis come out to the camp tomorrow. So it'll be the first time in a couple of years I've seen them. But uh, yeah, the Bowling Green teammates, Alfonso and Terrence, probably the only few guys I, I've talked to that have reached out to me. And obviously your brothers too. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I talk to my brothers every day in a group text. So uh, that relationship will never change. So there you have it. A nice chat with Garrick Dieter. Giving you some insight of what it's like to be in the NFL, the the route that he's taken playing for Nick Saban. I thought that was interesting as well. Hopefully you found it interesting too. Oh, I love any time a local athlete gets to take their next step, college or pro. Saw Jordan signing his Houston Astros contract yesterday online. Jordan Brewer, former Yak guest. Yeah, yeah. excited about that and see what happens. Yeah. Well, that about does it for this episode. Another long break ahead of us because we're in the summer and it's a holiday. And, well, Chuck likes to play with fireworks. That That is not true, but I do like watching fireworks. And I do like taking an occasional day off. So I'll be off on the 5th of July. We will be back with you Monday for the Yak. You can always reach out to us, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, email. It's all sports yak with two Ks when it comes to that stuff. Uh, You can find that in our profiles on any of those social media outlets. Until Mm. next time. Booga looga, Heine Manoush. This is the Sports Yak Podcast. The following has been brought to you by Rabbit Wigs and the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.